Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented small law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, from the team that brought you the Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Zach Glazer. And I'm Jennifer Wiggum, and this is episode 424 of the Lawyerist Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, I am talking to Ashley Steckler on our team about how to get great client feedback. Today's podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists, Berkshire Receptionists, and Lawyerist Lab. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support, so stay tuned, and we'll tell you more about them later on. Zach, it's the last episode of 2022. Yes. Yes. How do you feel about that? Feel good. I feel good. You do? 2022 was pretty okay. You know, yeah. I, I know not necessarily everybody feels that way, but personally, 2022 was all right. So, yeah. I've been writing 2002 all year. So, I'm excited to stop writing that. I don't know why. <laughs> it just wouldn't stop. 2002 on all my checks. JK, no more, more checks. But I did want to say, so this episode is really interesting to me, and it's one of the very few where I've interviewed, but it's a really hands-on episode. Mm-hmm. Ashley and I walk you through, not you, Zach, but the listeners here on how to create a great client feedback form. Like we give you all the goods. So I think this is going to be really helpful for anybody at, who at the end of the year is trying to figure out how to get feedback from their clients. I think it'll be a good one. You know, I think this is a, a good time to do that. It's always a good time to do it. But you say, walk, walk you through, Zach. It's even <laughs> good for me. The other day, actually, I was asking a client of mine how an attorney that we had brought in to help us manage a, a file did. And my wife actually was like kind of on the sideline of, of that call. And she was like, Zach, that was a really good job of, of asking for, the, for feedback. Oh. I've never been good at that. Even though I, I know how important it is, I'd, I've never been good at asking for that feedback from my clients. And it was so natural. It was so simple, so easy, but it, we forget how normal it seems to the person who's giving that feedback. Even on yeah. the phone, I was just on a call with this person and, and said, hey, you know, how, how did everything go? Yeah. How was this person to work with? I've referred this person to people, you know, all the time, but, you know, I haven't worked with them from that side. What made the difference for you between being anxious about it to just it being natural? I think having it just beaten into my head um, by <laughs> okay. lawyers, media, LLC. You know, it's one of those things where I harp on it a lot to people that I work with to lawyers that I work with. And so if you're going to talk the talk, walk the walk, I guess. So I, yeah. I think that's where it came from. But also, I don't think all attorneys don't do it because they don't want to or because they're afraid of it. It gives me anxiety just because that's how I am. I think people forget to. Mm. You know, when, when's the good segue? When's the good time? And, and you guys obviously get into that in this episode, which I think right. is extremely helpful. Yeah, we do get into it. But before we even get started, you guys have a a thing in the show notes about what questions you can ask and and stuff like that. So I I think this is a really, really helpful hands-on. I I like where the rubber meets the road. As a a lawyerist coach, I really enjoy kind of 
giving people actionable things. And I think this episode does that. Is that a country song where the rubber meets the road? If it's not, it is now, and I will be composing it after this. Uh, one thing I wanted to do before we get into our episode is just say that this is kind of what a coaching call looks like in Lawyer's Lab, this episode. Mm. And Ashley is a coach. She she does some coaching. And when you are working with somebody in Lawyer's Lab, which is our coaching program, they will ask you questions like this. It's a lot of mm. really good thought-provoking questions. So I would, it is a good thing for me to tell you as the community director of Lawyer's Lab that it's a good place and you should think about joining. So we'll also have a join link in the studio notes. Well, before we go over to your conversation with Ashley, what would we be if we didn't ask people for their feedback <gasps> on our show? Yes. Please go into wherever you find our show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever and give us a rating. If you like it, give us some some good stars. If you don't, then we'd rather you email us and tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we want to know. But we do. We we do want to know. And you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us easily on uh, LinkedIn or just find us on at our webpage, uh, lawyers.com. Or at our houses. Just knock on the door. Or or at our houses. We're always open. Now, here is Jennifer's conversation with Ashley. Hi, I'm Ashley Steckler. I am the product director here at Lawyerist. Hi, Ashley. So today we had you on to talk about client feedback. And this came out of you helping me with our Labster feedback. That's the people that are in our coaching program. And each quarter, we ask them a set of questions to see how is lab going. And when you're helping me with that, I was like, oh, man, we have to have Ashley on the podcast because this is so useful. So that's what we're doing here today in case anybody needed the background. Yeah. When you asked me, hey, can we take a look at the survey that I'm sending out, I want to tweak it here and there. We ended up having this great conversation, which was tons of fun for me. And we're looking at it a little bit differently when you just say client feedback. Right. We're going to specifically talk today about how we actually set up a survey or an ask that really allows people to tell us what it is that we want to know. Yeah, because that's harder than it seems. You would think you could just ask simple questions, but you'll soon find out that you don't get the information that you want. And so the first thing I wanted to ask you was when we ask our lapsers kind of why do you want client feedback? They're like, well, we just want to know how we did. But that doesn't seem like a specific enough reason, right? So how do they get to their their why of why they want the feedback in the first place? Yeah, I think often we start from the place of I want feedback. I want to know what I can improve. I want to be better. And that's great. Yeah. But general feedback isn't clear when we get it. Everyone wants examples, specifics, clarification. And so when you're asking general questions, that's really not clear either. And what's an example of a general question that won't get you a clear answer? Tell us how we did. Oh, yeah. I see a lot of those. Mm -hmm. What did you think? Right. <laughs> How was your experience? Which paralyzes people typically. Yeah, it's this really big space. And I don't know what your expectations are. I'm not sure if you want me to talk about how I thought the consultation went, how I thought you handled my case, yeah. how I thought about the result of what I wanted to have happen, how I thought about the time frame of our work together. Right. But then that seems like a lot of 
information. So I do want to kind of dig into how we get that information from people without overwhelming them with questions. But again, it sounds yeah. like the first thing we need to figure out is what exactly do you want to find out from them? And so how do people figure that out? Yeah. So I would say start off with asking yourself, what is it that I really want to learn? And what's the simplest way that I can ask that or approach that? And so do you want to improve or get more feedback on how you can improve communication? Do you want to make sure that you're closing cases faster, that you are having a more clarified onboarding experience? Do you want to be able to better set up expectations for clients? Are you working through optimizing case management and how that is interacting with the client? Are you launching a new offering and so you want to figure out if it's working well or what you could do next? Do you want to consider how you might tailor a new offering, right? Are you mm. switching pricing? Is the value add there for them, right? You want to like, what is it that I want to come out with having information to use? Like what's right. the, what's the data that I want to have at the end of this? Yeah. And so let's kind of talk through creating an example survey. And then we're going to going to get into the, the platforms you might use in a second, but I want to just like focus on the questions because I think you're making some really good points here and you're saying a lot of different things. And so first I want to know, should we be asking about all of those things in one survey or should it be very focused on one thing? No. Yes. <laughs> because don't, <laughs> don't ask about all of those things. Get clear on what's the most important for you to know right now. Okay. And get very specific on how you'll ask the one thing that you want to know. Okay. Because if we're asking them to invest 10, 15 minutes, it's way too long. Yeah. Oh, interesting. How long should a survey or a feedback survey be? Three five minutes max. Oh, okay. And does that include thinking time from the client? Yeah. So actually, if you think about how much time do you want your client to invest in your survey, because it really is actually a favor to you. Yeah. It's a fairly big ask. And anything that extends beyond five minutes is too much, too thoughtful, too time consuming, too many examples, mm. too much writing, right? And so if you can upfront set those expectations by using language like in a few words and then ask your question, because oftentimes when we're responding to something and it is an open-ended feedback form with a field, if that field looks like it's a paragraph, <laughs> I might think that I need to fill up that whole paragraph. Yeah. But really what the person's asking me is a few words, right? What comes top of your mind when you think of? And so we're getting that train of thought, which is the most authentic. We don't want people to sit there and try to wordsmith what it is that they want to most perfectly let us know, right? Right. So it's kind of like, tell us the first thing that comes to your mind when you think, et cetera, just giving those prompts that let people know that we're not looking for a brief here. We're not looking yeah. for some perfect essay. We really just want to know your first thoughts in that. Yeah. Let's talk about the questions a little bit now too. So let's kind of use that client communication example you talked about. I really want to know if I'm communicating with my clients in the way they want to be communicated with. Is my communication clear? So 
how would I create questions around that? Like what, what do I need to think about when I'm creating questions? Yeah. You and I talked about kind of a little bit of the survey psychology of how you get someone invested in giving you feedback. And one thing is to ask easy questions first. Oh, so what's an easy question? Rate your experience with our firm on a scale of one to five. Okay. So something that's not an open-ended question, but perhaps is just a one button click. Yeah. Or you could ask, how likely are you to refer us to someone you know? And then have an easy one button click, one to five. You know, we don't want one to 10 people don't know what seven, eight, you know. Right. But they can think about one, horrible, five, fantastic. (laughs) And where, where did my experience fall? Yeah, that makes sense. And so then once you kind of get through those easy questions, I assume they kind of the primes future responses for more complex questions. And then what would happen next? What kind of things would you ask next? Yeah. So I would say ask those easy questions first. Another rule that I like to mention is don't ask questions that you already know. Oh. So if you can capture any demographic data or case data that might link you to the type, you know, you might want to sort responses eventually. If you actually already have that data with their email, you can just ask for their email. You don't have to say, what's your email? What's your name? You know, when did you have a case with you know, those things right. like that? Because you have that. And so that's just, you are going further into survey fatigue mm. with the user and the client by asking them things that you actually already have. That is fascinating. So even if they know the answer and it's a quick one, like a name that will still add to the fatigue. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And so in the, the different questions is maybe you get even to the complex questions or as we say them, quote unquote, complex. Mm-hmm. I think one place our lawyers might get tripped up is legalese are making the question a little more complicated than they need to. What is your advice for that when they're really trying to form the right question here? Yeah, I would say use plain, simple language that your clients are already familiar with. We talk a lot about communication with your clients being client-centered, client-forward, make sure that they understand, right? Meet them where they are in their case. You want to do that with the feedback that you're asking from them also. You don't want to use all of your internal jargon. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) You want to use the language that they've already come to expect in your communication. And so the more you can clarify with them and ask them, you know, they might not think about it as client onboarding. Right. They might think about it as our initial consultation call. Yeah. Just our first call. Yeah. We always use this example with estate planners too, in that. Clients often don't know what an estate plan is, but they know what a will is or some other simplified language. And so when you're asking them, how did your estate plan go? That might be confusing because an estate plan is many things and that's not the lingo that they're used to. So I think that is, that's really helpful. Yeah. So let's take a break for a second. And then I want to come back and talk about the different platforms that we're going to use. So here's a little bit from our sponsors. As an attorney, do you ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call while you're in court, 
capture a lead during a meeting or schedule an appointment with the client while you're elbow deep in an important case? Well, that's where Posh comes in. They're a team of professional US-based live virtual receptionists available 24-7, 365. They answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity and you can devote more time to building your law firm. And with the Posh app, you're in total control of when your receptionist steps in. You can save as much as 40% of your current provider's rates. Even better, Posh is extending a special offer to lawyerist listeners. Visit posh.com slash lawyerist to learn more and start your free trial of Posh live virtual receptionist services. Does your firm give you freedom? Do you feel confident about what you're building? Are you in control of your schedule, focused on the right things? If not, maybe it's time for some help. Lawyerist Lab is here to help you build a healthier business. Lawyers in our program are building profitable businesses that can run without them so they can take that six-week trip to Europe. They're finding joy in being business owners. Sound interesting? Schedule a 10-minute, no-pressure call with me, Sarah, by clicking the link in the show notes or go to lawyerist.com forward slash coaching. 30% of calls to a lawyer will result in a new client. How many calls do you miss while at court, during a meeting, or while spending quality time with your family? Berkshire Receptionist is a group of highly trained U.S.-based 24-7 legal receptionists who have provided concierge service to law firms for over 80 years. They'll answer your phone, transfer your calls, schedule appointments, perform lead intake, and much more. They're there when you need them at a price that just makes sense. Call now and receive up to $100 in savings on your first month of service at 866-928-5757 or visit BerkshireReceptionist.com slash lawyerist to get started. And we are back again with Ashley Steckler, our product director, and we have been talking about client feedback and the different questions you can ask and how you can ask them. And so we're in the nitty gritty of the actual survey now. So I want to give you an example question and you can tell me, you can work this with me. So say that my question is, during the consultation, were your expectations met? I'm asking this to the client. Tell me how I can ask that in a way that will get the answer that I want. So during the consultation, were your expectations met? This is kind of where the easy ask comes in. You can use a scale of one to five, which means, and of course you'd have to identify this for the client, yes, mostly, somewhat, not many, or no. Yeah. And so you can kind of get that frame of, for the most part, my expectations were met. Or no, during consultation, not many of my expectations were met. That will allow you to, one, capture data that's an easy ask. So they, if they abandon the survey, you already have that. <laughs> yeah. And two, you have their mind in a place where they're now thinking about expectations that they had during mm. the consultation with you. Your next question can get further into asking those specifics. And one thing, I mean, if you're thinking about, let's go back to the beginning and we're thinking about what it is that we actually want to know. If I want to know if our office is making people feel our values, right? Mm. If we have an office and a law firm around comfort, compassion, right? And Maybe we're trying to take our consultation calls from 45 minutes to 15. Are we still aligning with that care, compassion, thoughtfulness, warmth that maybe we want our office to elicit? Yeah. We could ask, 
in a few words, describe how you felt before and after the initial call. Mm. Because clients might say it felt rushed. Yeah. Would you, in these instances, because you often see how in you know different articles I read, it's hard for people to name their feelings. Would it be helpful to give them examples of feelings? Is there a way to do that without leading them into the feelings? Yeah. You know, that's always kind of tricky because if we name five different feelings they might be feeling, they'll immediately say, yeah, that one. Yeah. But if you're working through value aligning, company branding, interpersonal communication, fitting the office environment that you're wanting to create, yeah, you might want to let them lead with naming their feelings, right? And so it's kind of that balance. Yeah, that makes sense. Because that is something you and I talked about with the lobster surveys is how do I give examples of what the answer might be without feeding somebody the answer? Is there some amazing tip or trick to figure that out? Or is it just? Yeah. So you might ask, you know, during the consultation, were your expectations met? Give them a one to five. Mm -hmm. And then you might say, what were your expectations? And how could we have met or exceeded those expectations? Oh, I like that. So it's kind of setting that up for them. What were you thinking in the beginning? What did you think at the end? And did those two match up? Yeah, because people might think, oh, you know, I went into the consultation having three questions. Right. And I didn't think you'd actually give me clarity on those, but you did. Yeah. And so that's why I started working with you. Yeah, I like that too. We don't necessarily have to have people naming their feelings in order to get the information (laughs) that we want to have at the end, right? We love feelings though. We love when people name their feelings. We do. We should talk about it more. We should. What do you think of, you know, a lot of surveys end with kind of, is there anything else we should know? Or kind of that, that famous, what did I not ask that we should have asked? Is that a good idea to have at the end of a survey like that? Yeah, absolutely. Because something that we asked may have someone thinking about something else. Mm. Yes, my expectations were met during our initial call, but toward the end, it felt to me like maybe I asked a question and there was too much of a delay. Okay. And so they might want to add that at the end. And it's not necessarily what you started out with at the beginning of seeking the feedback. Maybe wasn't the thing that you identified you wanted to know, but is still very important. Yeah. Also, sometimes people see this request and think, oh, yeah, there's one thing that I wanted to let them know. I might as well take the two minutes to do it. Yes. If we've guided them another way, they're going to be left without their expectations being met. (laughs) Yeah. Even around the survey. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting, too, is kind of it's expectations upon expectations, turtles all the way down. Oh, yeah. Were your expectations met in the survey? For sure. Beyond the questions, what do you think is the best way, and this might be different, for people to send a survey like this to a client? Yeah. So I would go back to, again, that idea of delivering to the client what it is they're already familiar with. And so Mm. the questions that you ask in a survey, they should already be familiar with that language. The communication when you're asking them for feedback or sending a survey is the same way. What kind of communication and interaction do they have with you up until this point 
And what are they familiar with? Do you have a client portal? Do you talk with them on the phone? Do you have a lot of video calls, right? Are they used to coming into your office and exchanging that way? And so you want to mirror that for them. You don't Mm -hmm. want to, you know, you've never sent them a text. Don't send them a text, right? Right. If you have a client portal that facilitates texting between client and attorney, then yeah, they're used to that. And it's an easy one click. That's the other thing that I would mention is make it accessible. And so it's one click away. If you're sending it in a text, email, client portal, things like that, if you're actually sending a survey, make it easy entry. So it's one click. They don't have to log into anything. They're more likely to give you the feedback that way. Yeah. And another thing that goes along with this too is sort of the win. I know in lab, we always say, kind of don't wait to the end of your relationship to send it because you're not going to catch problems along the way that might be easily fixed. Is there a win that speaks to you in this sort of thing? Yeah. You don't want to wait too long for sure. If you're asking for something that's in the middle of the case, don't wait until the end of the case. (laughs) We have that recency recall, right? If it's something that happened not in the distant past, we're more likely to give you really authentic feedback. Every time we have to recall an experience, the experience changes for us a little bit. And so if you close out their case and then you don't ask them anything for another six months, they have all sorts of other things happening in their life that might impact the way that they reflect on the work that you did together in a way that's not as authentic as if it would be if you asked them the same month, right? Yeah. And what would you say to people, maybe like me, who are nervous about bothering people, being like, I don't want to like break into their day with, what do you think of me? Or what do you think <laughs> of our, our, our firm? And I know some people feel that as an interruption or an annoyance. Is there any way to reframe that? Yeah. So I think reframing that to center the ask around your client, Mm. how will they benefit from giving you feedback? Is it going to improve your services? Is it going to make the value offer better? Is it going to make your service that you deliver easier for others? People like to help other people, right? Yeah. And so the ask shouldn't be framed as a favor to you. It should show like, what is the value and why is it helpful to others from the perspective of service? Even if it's that you're asking for client feedback in the way of a Google review. Yeah. It's not going to say, hey, Jennifer is great. <laughs> it's going to say, hey, Jennifer offers this service that actually really helped me. Yeah. And one thing I liked when you and I were working on our lab surveys is we even tweaked the name of it instead of a feedback form. You had me rethink about it as a design your own experience. Like, yes, you are giving me feedback, but that's really a one thing. But to call it like help us design your experience really includes the client in the whole experience. And I loved that reframing. And that made me feel better about not feeling like, oh, I'm just annoying them by constantly asking them what they think. Yeah, for sure. Because the thing that you wanted to know, right, when we set expectations at the beginning of like, what is it that you actually want to learn? It was curriculum course structure offerings, right? Like, how can I make sure 
that the way we've structured our program is making the most impact and value add for our clients. Right. And so, yeah, you want them to be empowered to be able to create their own, right? Yeah. I love that. And in the, in the vein of everything that we've talked about as we wrap up here, is there anything else you would like to add? Ah, you like that? I use the open-ended question that would be on the survey. That is great. I love Thank how you. we ended that way. Thank you. <laughs> I do have one more thing that we didn't get to. Yes, please go. I may have said this in the beginning, but don't make all questions mandatory. I think I weaved mm. it somewhere in there. For me personally, when I'm filling something out and I see a bunch of red asterisks saying I have to, I'm less likely to get to the end because I'm going to let you know what it is that I want you to know. And if you pigeonhole me into answering every single thing, I'm less likely. And then the other thing is make sure that you're thinking of your request being inclusive. And so if you can ask in multiple ways, if you can use multiple platforms, maybe people don't like filling out forms but they would be happy to give you a call or they would be happy to do a quick video or they would be right. And so if yeah. you have, if you'd rather us give you a phone call, check this box. Yeah. I love that. That especially because you never see that because forms assume everybody learns this way. Everybody processes this way. And so you're not going to get the people that might process verbally. And I think yep. that's great. Sure. Well, thank you, Ashley Steckler. I really appreciated this. In our lab program, we have a whole course on client feedback, but I thought I would put together a little document for our podcast listeners that we'll include in the show notes here that'll give you a couple of example questions you can use. Just a little tease, but awesome. you're great. I really appreciate your time with us. Thanks for being here. Thanks. It was fun. The Lawyerist Podcast is edited by Brittany Felix. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com forward slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com forward slash community forward slash lab to schedule a 10 minute call with our team to learn more. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.